Thank you. Well, uh, let's be seated. Let's hear God's word. This wonderful passage reminding us of the outpouring of God's spirit at Pentecost. So thank you, Helen. The reading is from Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his or her own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's just take a few moments just to reflect quietly our response to that passage. In a few moments, uh, Joe will be preaching to us. Before that, we're going to come to God in confession, recognising that although the Spirit is poured out in many different ways, we don't always respond or expect as much as God might have for us. So let's join in prayer and the words on the screen. Almighty God, you poured your spirit upon gathered disciples, creating bold tongues, open ears, and a new community of faith. We confess that we hold back the force of your spirit among us. We do not listen for your word of grace, speak the good news of your love, or live as a people made one in Christ. Have mercy on us, O God. Transform our timid lives by the power of your Spirit and fill us with a flaming desire to be your faithful people, doing your will for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And Lord, we thank you that you hear our prayer. 
that you're quick to forgive, quick to show mercy. And we thank you for the generous gift of your Holy Spirit working in us and through us. And now we pray, Lord God, that you would speak to us by your Spirit through Joe. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much. Well, or in spite of Joe, maybe, because <laughs> I remember back a long time ago uh, in Witten, uh, it was a tiny little parish in Radnorshire, I preached my heart out on the Holy Spirit and uh, said nothing about the resurrection of Jesus, really. <clears throat> Somebody came out of church and said to me, I believe that Jesus has risen from the dead. And I said, well, I wasn't preaching about the resurrection. No, but something happened in me, and I was just like, I believe. And I thought, the Holy Spirit works through people and in spite of people. <laughs> well, this morning, I want us to be able to think about the way in which the Holy Spirit did two things in the lives of those disciples and continues to do that today. The Holy Spirit energized and enabled those disciples, those first disciples, continuing now to energize and enable us, his people today, to be the people of the resurrection and to be a Christ-centered community that expresses his risen life in the world. This is the last of our series on that theme as we en en enable, we are enabled to express that life in ways that we wouldn't have otherwise imagined. And our prayer has been that we might learn what that risen life looks like in practice and be able to see afresh ways of expressing it in life. So firstly, we are energized by the, by the Holy Spirit, as the disciples were, when the Spirit of God was poured out upon them on that day of Pentecost. Jesus had said, you remember in Acts 1 verse 8, it's recorded that Jesus had said to his disciples, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that power for living was the power to live the risen life of Christ. end when the life of Jesus ended, but it would flow out through his disciples. It would be the authentic life of Jesus. So I, uh, we got it on the screen. There we are. What I've brought to, with me this morning is uh, the battery, a picture of the batteries that uh, energize something that I keep hidden mostly. And uh, I'm just going to reveal it to you now. This is my, can you see at home? This is my diabetic pump. And this is attached by this wire to a, a, a thing that goes just in underneath my skin. And it pumps the insulin into my body. And it keeps me alive. <clears throat> and when it's the right levels, it energizes me. Because I feel absolutely dreadful. And Sean will tell you, when I'm low, in energy, when low in blood sugars, I just can't do a thing. All my strength is gone, I'm feeling lethargic, I can't think straight, and I am useless. The battery in this 
is the thing that enables the insulin pump in here to be able to pump the insulin at the right level around my body. My life depends on it. Thankfully, there is an alarm that goes off when the battery is beginning to run out. And if I ignore that, and I continue not to change the battery, the alarm gets even worse, and angrier, and louder, and absolutely <laughs> deafens me with the alarm. And Sean. <laughs> Especially in the middle of the night, which is not welcome. But ignore it at my peril, I have to. Because ultimately, I get tired, my body breaks down, ultimately, I die. So I better replace the battery. The point, of course, being that if we are going to live the life that God invites us into, we need to be energized by the power of the Holy Spirit. Not only once or twice or three times and great experiences at conferences or even in church here, you know, but every day. St. Paul wrote to the Ephesians, go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a continuous process. Go on being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the wonderful thing is that in God, there is an endless supply of that Spirit of God that is poured out in response to us being humble enough to say, Lord, I, I can't live without your life. I can't be Christ in the world unless you fill me afresh with your Spirit. And do you remember that passage in Luke where Jesus says to the disciples, you know, God is so, so much greater than any father that you might have had. You ask, if you seek, if you knock, God will give you the Holy Spirit. How much more love does the Father have than even your greatest father? He will give you the Holy Spirit as you ask, as you seek, as you wait upon him, as you knock on the door, an intentional action in prayer and in waiting upon God, being ready to receive your hands open, as it were, the hands of your heart. I'm privileged to sometimes have times when I'm uh, doing ministerial development reviews with other clergy. And I did one once where the chap was really on his last legs when it came to ministry. He was so exhausted, so flat. And we prayed at the end of our time together. And uh, I prayed for him. And then he just prayed this wonderful prayer, expressing his humility and his need for God. And he just prayed, Come, Holy Spirit. And I think that's the greatest prayer we can ever pray. Come, Holy Spirit. And God's Spirit is poured out in ways that we can never have imagined possible. 
In Acts chapter 1, we read how Jesus, his brothers, and Mary, as well as the disciples, were in the house in Jerusalem, being obedient to Jesus, as he had told them to go and wait for the promise my Father has going to send upon you. They will have been asking, seeking, waiting, knocking. In a few days, he said. A few days. Well, it was 10 days. That's more than a few in my book. <laughs> but after 10 days, as we read in Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the house where they were sitting. Just that house. Just that house. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues. Full stop? No. They began to speak in other tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them. And that's the crucial phrase that we read in this chapter. It struck me for the first time this year, all the times I've preached on Pentecost, and uh, that was the phrase. You know, they were energized, they were full of the life of the Spirit as the Holy Spirit had come upon them, but they were enabled to do the things that only they could have done if that Spirit had been within them, you know? They were enabled. And so the second aspect that I want to touch on this morning is this thing about being enabled. And I've chosen this logo, which will be very familiar to you if you have uh, been using Zoom. And sorry if you haven't been using Zoom, what it is is an, a mute and unmute uh, logo. And the, uh, the, when you haven't got the line across it, it means that you can speak and the other person can hear. And when you're muted, you can speak, but the other person can't hear. Now, that is a key thing of being enabled because the Holy Spirit not only enabled them to speak in other languages, speaking in tongues, but he enabled the people who were listening to hear it. How many times have you been sharing about Jesus or sharing something and then the other people, perhaps they, they just haven't heard. It hasn't gone in anywhere. It hasn't touched their hearts. And that's why it's, we're dependent on the Holy Spirit in, in opening people's ears. Ephatha is the word that Jesus used to unblock the ear of the deaf man. And he does that spiritually through the Holy Spirit. That's why we need to pray for other people when we're engaged in evangelism or conversations about spiritual things. Lord, be, be praying. Lord, would you open their ears to hear something that you want to say to them? Not necessarily what I want to say, but what you want to say. Like my friend in Witten. They were enabled and energized. Energized to move out of the place where they were meeting. 
driven out almost by the Spirit's life, by this great fire. And there was something in them saying, I've got to get out there. I've got to share this great news about our great God who has risen from the dead and now is alive and with us now and it can change people's lives and transform society. So out of the house they went. And I remember 19 years ago to this I don't know about day, but certainly it was at Pentecost service. It was my very first service here at Christ Church. And uh, Mike Nichols, Maggie's late husband, and Dave Tooby, I think, had built this wonderful fire that was used for the shepherds in the, uh, the, uh, the Christmas plays and things, and the nativity things, a fire. On, it was a, you know, make, a makeup one, not a real one. <laughs> it was really authentic. And they had it here, around here, to symbolize the fire of the Holy Spirit. And if you were here, you two were here, you will remember I invited people, one representative from each of the congregations, to gather around the fire. And naturally, they all gathered around it facing the fire, which was fine. And then I said, this is a picture of the church as we look to God and we welcome the Holy Spirit into our lives. Now I want you to turn around through 180 degrees and face outward. And each of them faced outward to a different part of the parish, north, south, east and west, because of the eight of them, there were, every area was covered. And that, I say, is a picture of the church in mission, facing outward looking to the people outside the church, which is where God is leading us and where God is calling us to be. And over the years, we've seen how the Holy Spirit has warmed our hearts, but also has moved us into the community as a church and as individuals in ways that we could never have imagined, never have imagined. And I've asked if uh, Ruth would come forward now just for a second because she's been here all those years and uh, remembers that first service and has witnessed the ways in which the Holy Spirit has been working in us as individuals but also in us as a community. I just wanted to share, first of all Ruth, if you can tell us a little bit about one experience that you've had where the Holy Spirit has ministered his great love and healing power. Just for a moment. We all get hurt by things that have happened to us in the past and this has an effect on our lives and interferes with the way in which God would really like us to go. And um, February of 2020, I led a prayer event here, a ministry prayer event, and several people from the church, quite a few, joined into this event. Now, first of all, they've been prompted by the Holy Spirit to look at their lives and to perhaps realize there were places that needed healing. So they came on the course. They heard teaching, and then they had a deep prayer ministry for inner healing. And they were transformed. People were absolutely amazed, absolutely wiped out with the way in which God touched their lives in this inner healing and transformed them. So it's wonderful to see. And people have, you know, they've been so excited about it, still talk to me about it now. 
<laughs> in terms of, uh, let me just come to the microphone a second. In terms of the healing ministry of Christ, it's part of the Holy Spirit's work to bring that restoring work. And I pray and hope that as we become safe to do that, that ministry will continue at Christ Church. Mm. And you will have a part in that. And others who may be not yet used to praying with others will find themselves moved to offer themselves to pray for other people because it is so, so powerful. And God wants to bring that healing to individuals as well as to our society. But what about the wider church and how God has worked among us as a, as a fellowship? Two of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is kindness and goodness. And my goodness, this church is full of kindness and goodness. I think every day someone is doing something lovely for someone else. Um, not just through the pandemic, which it perhaps was heightened at that time, but always, as long as I can remember, there's always been people who've been happy to help others in every, every way you think of, shopping, telephoning, visiting, everything. Um, and this is, it, this is led to generosity. Um, we've become a church full of love, love for others, loving one another, and full of God's generosity and love which has um, led to generosity with mission and the example with CAP, etc. So we are rich with the Holy Spirit. And you know, that, Pente that Pentecost day, that first Pentecost, that first pouring out of the Holy Spirit, it wasn't just for then, it's for now. It's for all of us, all the time. And that power that power then is the same power now. And as we reach out to Father God, as we open ourselves and we welcome the Holy Spirit, he will come. He just loves to draw close to us, to touch our lives, to bring healing, to open our eyes to see other people. Make sure you do. Thank you, Ruth. Let's give Ruth a very big clap. Thank you very much indeed. I'm so thankful. Ruth was part of a small prayer team uh, that was praying for the new incumbent, the one that God wanted to come. And uh, I'm very, very thankful for that and uh, for inspiring me to, and Sean to be uh, drawn to the advert that made me apply and that somehow through all the different things, stages, God made it possible for us to come. So God enables things to happen, and he's enabled us to become a missional church, not just through the mission uh, events that we do as a church, but he's opened our eyes to see how in a new way, in a, in a very old way really, we are, each of us, enabled to be witnesses on our front lines. Wherever we are, we've started to think much more in terms of being equipped for our front lines and that we have opportunities and we've been strategically placed wherever we are to take that mission forward on an everyday basis. And thankfully, we have seen how, through the way in which the Holy Spirit has worked, that ministry has gone on and mission has been seen all over the area. 
So what about the future? Well, who knows whom God will call to serve his life-giving purposes through Christ Church. Not just, I'm not just talking about the next incumbent, but the numbers of people that will be drawn here, as many of you have been drawn to serve God through this church. And the words that will be communicated in ways that people can understand. We never know what happens next. It's one of the most exciting things I find about each week you just never know who's going to come. You never know who's going to drop an email. You never know what encounters we'll have. God is on the move all the time. And there will be continue to be change. Down to be change. It's the only thing that doesn't change is change. But the fact is that change is not something to fear. It's not change and decay in all around I see but change a new life as we welcome the Holy Spirit of God to work miracles of transformation in the people of Christ Church and through the people of Christ Church. And the more that happens, the more we're open to God, the more we go on receiving the Holy Spirit, God will continue to build a church that is energized and enabled to witness the resurrection of Jesus through whom our community, our society, even our nation is renewed. And in whom, in Christ, the kingdom of God comes. Let's stand together. Lord, we are so full of praise that your spirit animates us, that energizes us, and empowers us to be your people. As we worship you now, we pray that your spirit would indeed touch our hearts afresh, that we might be people who are on fire for you, have a passion for you, and a joy in serving you. For your glory we pray. Amen. Let's sing.